one one last point, just kind of on this theme about um, about you know Hagelin's case against political theology, which, as I've said, I think is ultimately you realize like what the what the argument of the book is. It's an argument against political theology, and I always kind of think it's a useful exercise in you know when you take a book of theory to try to reduce it down to a couple of exhortations. I know this is kind of can be a little bit silly, but to basically say, okay, what is the book shouting at you to to do, right? And and I think in this case, in the case of this life, uh, it seems to be saying we can do whatever we want to do. There's nothing, there's nothing that's kind of that has to be the way it, it is. Um, we can do what we want. Um, commit to things. Believe in things. Get be ready to be heard again. <laughs> um, and I th- I think that's it. I don't know, but maybe, maybe you have maybe you disagree or maybe you want to propose some other exhortations um, that that so it's a, is, is, is it's like a post. It's a post breakup book. It's like you 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 might want to retreat, but in fact, to have freedom, you need to you need to take a, a risk. You need to well, commit. You need to live your your life, and um, there will be suffering. There will be that, pain. Is that not our our argument at the end of the end of history? That okay, we've had our lotus eating end of history period where we've abandoned any great dreams, but we can we can uh, we're allowed to to dream again we're allowed to you know allow ourselves to be hurt and to have hope and expectation once again um alex might... alex well, that's wow. that's well you're making my heart flutter here dude uh, i i just i just want to just want to be myself you know shed all that cynical weight that you carry around the accumulated irony and sarcasm and everything that just that okay, now you you're down losing and me. uh yeah anyway Okay, so um, two last issues to deal with, uh, and and they're kind of big ones. Let's see how let's see if we can manage to find kind of credible answers to this. So one concerns the images of utopia. I think there's quite an interesting discussion of Adorno at the end of chapter six, um, and Adorno acts as a bit of foil uh, of a foil for Hegman. Adorno says we can't have images of utopia because utopia for him is a purely negative thing. It's the absence of bad things in the here and now, specifically the absence even of worldly suffering. So you know what the answer is here, obviously. Hagelin goes, hey, Adorno, you're basically holding on to a religious idea of a longing for redemption from this condition of finitude. Your idea of utopia is a sort of what could be called a kind of Freudian death drive or some um, desire for a universal wholeness relieved of um, relieved of you know suffering and pain and all the rest of it. Yeah, um, I think Hagelin misses a trick here. I mean, I hate I hate being put in the position of having to defend Adorno, but <laughs> I think he misses a trick here. And as much as I think, and this is something we touched upon in earlier episodes in discussing Hagelin, that uh, I think accepting his argument, you know, about the um, about finitude and about the responsibility that comes with it means that it will generate these, you know, kind of flights of retreat, you know? So the, Mm -hmm. if that, you know, by its very nature, the, you know, the kind of the, the rigor and the demands of that vision, you know, which is a kind of an imposing one to some degree, it has obviously, it has the great promise of freedom, but it also has, it comes with its costs, right? You say, as George said, you know, there will be suffering. And at the end, you know, you have to accept the, the as the price of freedom is death, ultimately. Um, and that means that inevitably, it will constantly recreate 
these um, refuges from that. And I think that is, I think that is what um, uh, Adorno is getting at. You know, he's saying that it will always be, will always be shadowed by this kind of, um, by this refuge, by this kind of psychic refuge. So I think, um, I think perhaps Haglund is being a bit ungenerous in the way in which he casts Adorno's argument. Okay, very yeah. good. Go on, George. But there is still, yeah. I mean, that's that's why the price of freedom is is death. But Haglund also, I think, it, you know, to his credit, he defends suffering and even boredom. And there's a couple of good good things that he says about. And I think he's. No, I know he right, does. But, but what I'm like, saying is, but that's exactly what I'm that. saying. It's precisely because Haglund does see that. But what he underestimates is because that vision is so demanding. Um, that inevitably, you know, it will come kind of attached to it, structurally attached to that will be will be these uh, refuges, right? People will inevitably kind of, you know, and at the certain points of your life, um, you know, people will take refuge and they will fly, you know, they will kind of uh, recoil from their freedom. And I think that's what Adorno is getting at in this idea that utopia is a purely negative thing. It will always be. You know, if you accept Haglund's argument, then the idea of a, of being relieved of suffering will always be a temptation. Mm-hmm. So I suppose what I'm getting at is like there are worldly temptations that shadow Haglund's argument just as much as there are kind of temptations that shadow the theological argument, you know, um, lust and pride and, you know, sin, whatever. Um, and I don't think he I think he underestimates the fact that his argument comes with a structure, you know, kind of a set of temptations that are specific to his secular faith as well. Very good. And one of these uh, is this idea that we could be relieved of suffering in its entirety. I I don't think it's being relieved of suffering in its entirety. Maybe that's the ultimate origin. Maybe it's just that, you know, the old existentialist idea that people are scared of freedom. It's the fear of, of the massive weight of responsibility for making your life and um that's, you know yeah, that's, nobody... that's what i'm saying that's what I'm, yeah. i think that's what adorno yeah. is driving at and i think i think Hagland underestimates it and this is something that we discussed in the first episode on this book about whether Hagland's vision is too demanding right or perhaps he needs to be at least more explicit about what these pitfalls are that there are going to be an attempt to avoid responsibility avoid to flight from commitment to flight from suffering and so on i want to jump actually because what i was going to do is talk about um, images of utopia, but actually, because of what you said, Phil, um, in kind of hinting at Adorno, um, you know that Adorno understands something about these these earthly temptations, effectively, or these temptations to, to flight from responsibility. I'm going to try to tie this into um, this last question I want to discuss about stoicism, because it all it might bring it all together, or hopefully it does. And I'm going to refer back to. A footnote we discussed from chapter one, but which is just so central um, that I think it's worth repeating. So um, this is a re- this is like a page long footnote. It's on page three nine five if you if you want to look it up. But basically, I'll, I'll quote here: Hegel's critique of Stoicism in the Phenomenology of Spirit, a critique that I develop in the conclusion to this book, is much more powerful than Nietzsche's, since it seeks to demonstrate the fundamental incoherence of Stoicism, not merely in terms of psychology but in terms of the conditions of intelligibility for being a person at all. Unlike Nietzsche, Hegel also seeks to understand the temptation of Stoicism, not in terms of the failure of individual character, but in terms of oppressive social and historical conditions. As Hegel puts it, Stoicism as an authoritative spiritual ideal can only come on the scene during a time of universal fear and servitude. 
that various forms of Stoicism continue to enjoy the status of supposed spiritual wisdom in our own historical epoch, in everything from advanced philosophy to self-help books, should remind us of how far we are from having achieved an emancipated society. I mean, again, it's brilliant and spot on. <laughs> and, and as Hagland himself recognized um, in response to me on Twitter, it was like, yeah, maybe I should have put that in, <laughs> should have put that in the book rather than as, as a footnote, because it is really good. Um, and yeah, uh, and I, think and I that... constantly, I mean, you know, you constantly get these things on, on Instagram, right? Um, these shit, you know, these shit heel accounts about kind of with quotes from Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and whatnot. And the very fact that they're popular, you know, it speaks to exactly that. Right. And so the, this temptation of, 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 of uh, stoicism, um, which, you know, we encountered in the early chapters, Hagelin returns to again and tries to develop a little bit further. So let me just um, explain a little bit what he does here, and then we can um, discuss how um, real we think these things are in the present day. Well, hello, listener. I hope you like what you're hearing. It's a short excerpt from an episode that's available only to subscribers. Want to support BungaCast and get at least two original episodes a month? Sign up at patreon.com slash BungaCast right now. $5 a month patrons get access to exclusive episodes like our in-depth analyses of present history. You know, the big stuff that's happening right now. As well as chats with our regular guests, extended interviews with the key thinkers trying to understand our world today, and much more. For $10 a month, you join the BungaCast Reading Club the place for those of us who are serious about equipping ourselves with the necessary intellectual tools for understanding the world and seeking to change it. Phil, George, and myself, Alex, look forward to seeing you there. Patreon.com slash BungaCast. Mm-hmm. 